everyone, welcome back to the show. My guest today is Raul Powell. Raul is a former hedge fund manager for GLG Global Macro Fund. He's the publisher of the Global Macro Investor, a macroeconomic and investment strategy research service. He is the CEO and co-founder of Real Vision, a media company that specializes in speaking with the top people in finance, in investment strategy, in economics, in cryptocurrency, in Bitcoin in long-form sit-down interviews. And recently, he is the purveyor of extremely alarming threads on the global economic landscape on Twitter. So after seeing a recent Twitter thread Raul made, which was about 20 tweets long and had a lot of different graphs and charts and also his commentary just about the kind of alarming state of the global economic and financial system, I thought, I got to talk to this guy and get him to put a little bit more meat on that commentary. So as usual, the first part here is the rapid-fire portion in which Raul answers a number of the questions that I typically ask, I've also added in some new ones. And then if you like what you hear and you want to hear more of our kind of open discussion, we spoke for about 45 minutes to an hour prior to the rapid fire questions, and that will be available in the further discussion episode. So you can go there and download that if you want to hear more. Anyways, that's it. Enjoy. Let's do it. Raul, I'm going to hit you with some rapid fire questions now, okay? Yeah. So... Answer as long as you like. Um, there's about 20 of them, and uh, we'll just get kicked off with, what is money? How do you define money? Uh, really? That's not exactly <laughs> an easy question. I know. That, that one's I've cheeky. I've just gone through that. The, uh, the, rest you know, them, the, stand- the rest of them are there's shorter. There's the standard definition of what is money, um, and for me, it's the medium of exchange plus store of wealth. Um, and what we most people really think of as money, because I'm a financial markets guy, so I don't need to invest in money. I don't need to hold money. Yeah. I just need it to be able to uh, be used as a medium of exchange instead of barter, because barter's a pain. Right. Um, so it's 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 that. So it's it's the lubricant that allows all commerce and all transactions between humans. But an, um, an idea. Yeah. Go ahead. The store of wealth side, I think of separate. But an ideal money would have both. I, you know what? I don't know. I, that's making an assumption yeah. and creating a hypothesis that maybe is a false assumption. So I'm not sure. It needs to have both. Okay. Maybe you can split out components of money separately uh, and all can be better. Fair enough. This is the only other kind of longish answer one. But if you had to explain Bitcoin to your grandmother or someone over 80, what would you say? <laughs> okay. Let's do it. Because there's two answers to this. It's either, it's kind of like digital gold. Um, and she'll say, why does something still have money, right? Have work. So maybe it's a storage system. It's a nice recorded storage system that anything that you own, nobody can take away from you because it's recorded as an ownership. And you get to pay for that ownership. Right. Recorded forever, gold. unchangeable. Correct. Right. So yeah. that's what Dan Tapier called the security truth machine, right. which right. is, you know, maybe things, that, things like fake media, fake news, all of this stuff, maybe that all goes away by the time we attach some sort of blockchain element to everything where it's, everything is recorded from its inception. So we know where everything comes from. So it stops a lot of bad transactions. The problem is, is governments would love that info. <laughs> sure. I think you're probably, I think that's probably along the lines of what's going to happen. Um, how long after you first heard about Bitcoin did you start learning about it and then purchase it? A month. Really? Okay. 
Uh, what is your comeback when people dismiss Bitcoin out of hand? We touched on this a little bit already. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter to me. Right. Can, Bit- can Bitcoin be stopped? If so, what is Bitcoin's biggest vulnerability? If not, why not? Um, of course it can be stopped. What is the probability is the, 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 the better question. And it's very low now. Right. Um, How could and it be so, stopped? Again... I don't know. The forks almost killed it at one point, I thought. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, you have to be very careful with how the environment is treated. But now the adoption rate is getting higher and higher and higher. The ant colony that owns and participates in the Bitcoin ecosystem is now more inherently robust than it was. Mm-hmm. So the kind of Bitcoin foundation and the kind of soothsayers that had all of the say, I think that whole thing starts to melt away. And hopefully the mining isn't as concentrated. Concentrated mining is obviously still a problem. Right. Um, excuse me. What is your most recent aha moment or level up in your understanding of Bitcoin? Having a sit down with Dan Tapiero, this macro guy, on my interview with Real Vision, he'd been pestering me. Right, I'm looking at the macro world, saying the world's blowing up. There's tons of money to be made investing in this kind of stuff. Blah blah blah. And Dan is tapping me on the shoulder, sending me emails saying we need to talk about Bitcoin. I'm like, no. Like, I've been in. I'm out. I'm not interested right now. There's too much going on. He's like, no. You have to talk about Bitcoin. I need to talk to you about Bitcoin. I need to. Like, All right. Shut up. So we get together, we do it on camera, yeah. and he gives me this whole thing. And it was one of those moments like, you know what? I, I, obviously, I believe in all of this stuff. It's time to get back in. Yeah. What do you think will be Bitcoin's biggest impact on society? I, I'm, I'm moving towards truth. Transparency, truth, ironclad record-keeping. Yeah, it's, it's the ironclad record-keeping. I think in the end has so many benefits for humanity there are some downsides too but it has so many benefits because the digital world right now you know when you look at deep fakes the photographs yeah you don't know what is real any longer right so we have a real problem with authenticity mm-hmm. and this is the great authenticator that is something that is going to be incredibly valuable when our virtual and our real worlds merge which they're doing very fast right now couldn't agree more uh, when, if ever, do you think the first central bank will start adding Bitcoin to the reserves? Well, I think there will be a few small periphery central banks, but they can't. It's too, it's too small still. So even if they want to, even if you've got a frothing at the mouth, you know, forward-looking central bank leader, but there's nothing they can do. It's just simply not big enough. Five years from now, ten years from now? It needs to be worth a trillion dollars before, at least before you can put, um, before you can put central bank money into it. So, so next, that, that, next that's year. Not, Sorry? Next so next year, year right? <laughs> yeah. But even then, it's still difficult because right. the volatility of those assets versus others. So sure. you need a volatility that looks like a currency. So call it a six vol yep. instrument that needs to be worth $10 trillion or $1 tri- $5 trillion. Okay. It's not there yet. I, I think the volatility won't stop until you get closer to maximum coin mining. Can you put a, a year number on that or... Well, when, did, when is the last coin supposed to be mined? 2140-ish, I believe. Yeah, so my guess is by the 2030s, you've got a low volatility, massively deep, mm-hmm. uh, complex world of which central banks will, of course, own it. But I don't even know that, that the current system of central banking will exist at that point. I, that was the follow-up. <laughs> will there be central banks in 20 years? Um, what is the biggest mistake you've made with Bitcoin? Um, assuming I understood it. Excellent I mean, buying answer. and selling decisions are fine. I made 10x the first time I did it. I then missed the run up and, you know, I missed the low here, but got pretty close. 
it's it's not that. That's just that's the world we live in. Yeah. It's thinking I knew what it was. Mm-hmm. Once you understand that you don't know what it is, and stop trying to think that you do, is when you understand the possibilities and probabilities. Yeah, I that resonates with me a lot. I you know Bitcoin humbles you in many in many ways. I find and and that is certainly one of them. Um, how do you feel about Satoshi Nakamoto, Bitcoin's creator, being anonymous and the coins that he, she, they likely control? Um, my view on this is and has been since the beginning. If I look at the language of the paper, it's either purposely obfuscated or it's actually written by an American and an Englishman. Um, it, to me, it has the hallmarks of, of um, the world's two centers of cryptography, the NSA and um, GCHQ in the UK. Really? I think, yes. And I think that's why the money's not been spent. Um, it's never been touched. It's because I, I think my guess is having known a lot of the people, some of the, well, not a lot of the people, several people in places like the Department of Defense, uh, Defense in the Pentagon, other places, they're fully aware of the fragility of the financial system. And their view was this is one of the Achilles heels of, of the kind of Western democracy and one of the Achilles heels of China, for example. So they understand that warfare can be based around economics and finance. They also understood that and many of us had spoken to them um, in 2008-7 about what was coming and what it was. And they knew that they had no real answer for this. And it was a national or international security issue. So, you know, considering that they probably had access to most of the talent in the world from this, it would not be a surprise if, like a open source code, they developed it and let it see. See what happens. Very interesting. And it do- and it adopted. Now maybe there was fifty open source codes planted in different things, but they didn't get adopted mm-hmm. because they keep trialing this stuff. And this one was the one that 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 worked. And it would make sense why there's never been a single common. Look, it's ridiculous to imagine there's some guy stroking his white cat in his swiss lair with 10 billion dollars worth of big it's it's ludicrous somebody else said oh well whoever thought of it was so clever but they kept it as their cash reserves for the future when um, bitcoin because it's too deflationary to balance out the deflation to manage the money supply i'm like no nobody's gonna you're not gonna hold that back because at 10 billion dollars you might have bought yourself a cup of tea or something with it. You know, you might have spent something. So I don't, um, I think it's actually come sadly enough for everybody from the epicenter of the system and not from the fringes. Right. So not a believer in the benevolent creator God, uh, narrative, but strangely enough, no. And do you think that it was created that way to ultimately be used in some sort of malicious way or just as an alternative to existing problems? I think because as I, if my view is correct, then I have to believe that it was built for the purpose of how the hell do you transition a financial system is the ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. So as a thought experiment that that started to work. Wow. Now, is there any evidence I've got of this? None whatsoever. Right. Um, just a so, good feeling and some conversation. But I just it makes sense makes sense to me in my own small brain is the fact that it's written in this weird language. The two senses of cryptography are are there. Um the people who understood the most that the financial system needed it was that. Um, so that that is my general view. Fair enough. What have you learned about yourself or how have you changed, if at all, as a result of learning about and interacting with Bitcoin? Um, I 
have become more broad-minded the more I know about stuff because the less I know about it. Right. We even started Real Vision with a – in fact, I've got the poster on my wall, which is I was a you know a finance guy and I was starting a media business. What did I know? And when people said to us – I remember we, we, were, we were at a meeting with these developers who were developing our platform – and like, well, so what do you guys know about the media business? And I just looked at them and said, we know fuck about fuck. And, 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 realize, and so that became the ethos of the firm because when you know and accept you don't know, mm-hmm. then you can do truly disruptive things. Right. And so Bitcoin has been one of those things that has forced me to understand, completely understand how little I know. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the world is all probabilistic outcomes and no certainties. So I can pontificate about everything, but I cannot have certainties apart from the fact that, yeah, there are no certainties. So, so I think that that's what it's taught me. And, it's, and, and it does, as you said, it humbles you because once you go down the philosophical rabbit hole, and I, I love the, the philosophy of understanding future outcomes, yeah. um, it, it's, it's a truly extraordinary. Yeah, I agree. Um, at what price would you permanently sell, let's say, 75% of your Bitcoin? Basically, the question is trying to get at, you know, how tightly are you holding on to this stuff? I don't think of it. So I think of it in two ways. Uh, you've got this tremendous issue with the, with the community that everybody wants to hold on to it forever. Mm-hmm. So it changes what it does. So it tends to be 80% losses, 1,000% up, you know, all that stuff. Um, I think you can trade it on and off, buy and sell it, because what what the Bitcoin community doesn't yet understand is it's it's an asset. And assets are to be bartered for other goods and services. So for me, it's okay, if my Bitcoin is up enough that I can buy a house, does the house give me more utility to my life than the Bitcoin? You know, maybe. Sometimes not. Maybe I'll just hold on to Bitcoin because I, I don't need a house. Mm-hmm. Or I think, listen, the Bitcoin is going to go up more and I can afford a bigger house. But at some points, all assets are relative in valuation. So Bitcoin is the same and will be the same. We just don't know where its bands are yet. Right. But if you look at the price of gold versus wheat or oil versus gold or equities versus gold, everything, real estate versus equities, they all trade in massive bands because they have a relative valuation because at some point – um, a rational human being will exchange it for something else. Right. Which is why um, Satoshi Nakamoto, to have not exchanged anything for anything else, with it being worth $10 billion, doesn't make a lot of sense. It would definitely be a very unique individual, let's say that. Yeah. Um, have you ever purchased other... It's non-human, right? What's that? It's, non-human. <laughs> it's a non-human behavioral pattern. Right. Or possibly a time traveler, if you've read the Bitcoin lore. Uh, <laughs> have you ever purchased other coins? If so, are you likely to do so again in the future? I haven't, but yes. What is your most controversial or contrarian view or opinion? If none on Bitcoin, any subject is fine. I think I'm reasonably controversial and contrarian as it is. I think it probably <laughs> oozes from my pores. So. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think, I think the contrarian is starting to become mainstream with, with the environment that we're, we're in. Uh, not, but no, nothing in particular comes to mind related to Bitcoin. Contrarian related to Bitcoin, no, okay. um, because I, it's, it's difficult to know what the one truth is within Bitcoin. My sure. most contrarian opinion is one of the best stock markets to invest over the next twenty years is Iran. There you go, that's contrarian. Okay, good. Um, ballpark estimate of Bitcoin's price in five years. 
I just use that plan B stock flow model. You just kind of put the thing in five years time. I don't know where it's supposed to be, but on his model, it's probably about a million bucks. Okay. Do you believe there are reliable ways at spotting a paradigm shift? If so, what are they? No. I think it's big. I think we, many of us are prone to assigning that term to things that aren't paradigm shifts because we want them to be so. So I think it's actually very hard to know. Now, can you analyze it by data and say this is a paradigm shift via adoption? Probably the adoption curve is probably the only way you can do it, truthfully. Okay. The rest is us wishing it. Do you have a morning routine? If so, what is it? Um, it's very simple for me. So I'm, a, I'm an early riser. So I'm usually up. But this morning I was up at five. I'm up at five. First thing I do is um, grind some coffee beans make some fresh coffee um, in a French press, uh, turn on my Bloomberg, uh, turn on my Twitter and my email. And I'll spit before, it's kind of like which order. I never want to get into emails because they always require that you have to write something or generally there'll be something that is not good that you'll have to deal with. Right. So I tend to go to the Twitterverse and just check the world. Because what an extraordinary behavioral shift is, look, I'm, I, I was a FT economist reader, blah, blah, blah. I don't do any of that. Yeah. Twitter is my life. It's your own news. And not, you get to curate your own news channel, basically. It is the most extraordinary thing. If there's something else that should be worth an extraordinary amount of money, it's Twitter. Because it has completely changed the game for everybody. It's one degree of separation. You and I would never have met each other. Yeah. But now we get to, you know, within one message, get to meet each other and then have a chat. Um, it's That's it's incredible. Extraordinary. Yeah. How do you define success? Uh wrapped up in quality of life. So it's quality of life. Now quality of life may be, look, we're all humans, we're all fallible, maybe some internal measure of, of the relative worth of yourself versus others in the way that you perceive it. Mm -hmm. For me, it's, you know, it's like I answered the Bitcoin question is, what, what do you get from all of this? Success for me is you've got one life, you have to live it in the best possible way you can. And it's not about money, it's not about success, but it, is about the appreciation of the phenomenal world that we live in. Where or who is your go-to place to learn more about Bitcoin specifically? Twitter. No, that's a lie. Actually, there are some people as well that mm -hmm. I use. So people like Emil Woods and Chad Cascarello. Mm -hmm. So Emil and Chad were the guys who got me into Bitcoin in the first place. So they started the, the exchange ITBIT. Mm -hmm. They've got VC firms. These guys were in it when it was, I don't know, 50 cents or less. They, they started a hedge fund. Yeah. Um, they're ex-Goldman guys like me. They started a hedge fund. They realized that they were given by their landlord free electricity. Somebody introduced them to Bitcoin. So they thought, well, fuck it. We'll stop mining it. So let's have a play with this. So they mined a ton of Bitcoin, then bought some more, and then sat on it. And literally made very it. well. Yes. And then they've gone and... They've been great people in the Bitcoin community. So often those are the real head check guys I go to. Yeah. But then I know a lot of people, people like Jim Pilotta at uh, uh, Raptor and a whole bunch of the, the Bitcoin community people that I'm just blessed enough to, you know, Novo, people like that, that I'm blessed enough to to know so I can so I go to speak to this kind of great and good of the industry. I don't know many of the developer side. I know a lot of the finance side, obviously, because that's my background. Yeah. Second last one. First time I've tried this question on, but... In the current environment that we're in today, what is the one or most important action myself or somebody listening can take to up our game in your area of expertise? You know, 
if to just want to improve, what's the best way you know how to do that at this time? Yeah. The difference between a rookie and somebody who has a broader understanding is understanding knock-on effects. The news is not what is happening. The, the news is, is essentially what happened. Right. What you need to be doing is understanding how the news leads to an event, leads to another event. So you don't react to trade tariffs. You react to what does this mean for the currency markets and how does this mean to this? Now, people are starting to do this, you know, learning it in, in things like Bitcoin because it is all about the future knock-on effects. But it's, it's what turns people into a better investor and is understanding the future probabilities of events and how they get shifted by current events. Which is why when I show you those charts on Twitter, what I'm talking about, I'm trying to get across is, look, these 20 charts are increasing because they all match. They're increasing the probability of a big event coming. And that big event coming could lead to this, which could lead to that. Mm -hmm. So stay aware. And you know that things like Bitcoin and gold are moving because of it. Um, but, you know, that's the clever thing about markets. It just kind of happens. You know, they start moving ahead of events. I mean, it's, it's clever. Right. Because people start pricing in that small probability. And the more people price in the small probability, the higher probability it is. Last one. And this is a word association, okay? So I say a word, you just blurt out whatever comes to your mind. Christ. You game? Yeah. Okay. Satoshi Nakamoto. Japan. Government. Fraud. Hash rate. Hashtag. The individual. The collective. Security. Home. Stack and sats. What the fuck? Have you not heard about stack and sats? Oh my God. No. I, I can't believe I'm breaking this to you for the first time. So this is a uh, this is a meme that's been incredibly popular in the in the Bitcoin maximalist let's say community over the last you know I think it's been around maybe for you know six months four months something like that I, I could be wrong on the timeline but basically satoshis are the the you know hundred million satoshis to each Bitcoin and so stack and sats has become like a a rallying cry to the community where uh, you know don't worry about the ups and the downs. Also, don't worry about accumulating full Bitcoins because they've become so expensive. Just make sure that you're stacking sats, which means, and basically it's an invitation to everybody, you know, people who aren't involved that you, you didn't miss the boat. You can still accumulate, you know, on a very small scale. So, okay, I'll, my answer to that is propaganda. Fair enough. Next one, fiat currency. Propaganda. Altcoins. Interesting. Pizza. Carbohydrates. Libra. I'm, I'm a keto diet, guys. <laughs> Fair enough. Libra. Fascinating. Gold. Your own personal reserve currency. Real vision. Hard work. Bitcoin. The future. Well, that's, uh, that's all I got for you, man. I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. That was awesome. Um, I know, I mean, I really enjoyed that. I'm, I'm sure lots of others will as well. Is there, I'm sure there's a couple places you want to direct some people. Um, yeah, Real vision. so if you want to... Yeah, dig me out on on Twitter. I'm very active. Um, you know, I I'm often as I can, if I can, um, reply to people and get involved. Unfortunately, my Twitter following is getting a bit big for that now, but I'm trying my best. Yeah. So at Raoul R A O U L G M I. Um, so GMI is Global Macro Investor, which is my research business. Um, so at Raoul GMI. So find me on Twitter. But look, if you're interested in anything to do with with markets and 
hearing from the greatest people in the Bitcoin crypto community. We've got content going back so far. Everything from the Hashgraph guys to people starting exchanges through to, you know, the Dan Moorheads of this world. You know, everybody's been on it. It's really interesting. So it's it's realvision.com. Mm-hmm. And we've got a free version out as well called Real Vision Free. So just realvision.com forward slash free. And you don't even have to pay for it. If not, it's $180 a year. It's the Netflix of finance. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, you've heard us talk about it a lot in this interview. I'm immensely proud. So I said, in the answer to your question, uh, you said Real Vision hard work. It is. But the other thing I am is incredibly proud of what we've managed to do. We've, we've basically completely disrupted the media industry. Well, Raul, I've uh, chewed up enough your morning. I very much appreciate the time. And uh, I do hope one day we'll get to do a, a face-to-face sit-down in person and continue any one of these many discussions that we just touched on today. So uh, I'd love to. I wish you all the best and uh, take care. Brilliant. Thank you ever so much. Really enjoyed it. What's up, guys? I hope you enjoyed that rapid-fire interview with Raul Powell. Don't forget, you can download the further discussion episode as well, which you can find a more open, free-flowing discussion that we had for about... 45 minutes prior to the rapid fire session. That's it. See ya.